0: All right, Ms. Steenholt, we'll hear from you. This jury instruction was briefed. Thanks for quoting it. Yeah. (laughs) Were you the lawyer in the trial? I was not. Nope. Nobody wants to send up the trial lawyers in a case like this.
1: (laughs) Well, we have an appellate division in uh, I Northern.
0: I yeah. thought maybe they were fleeing.
1: No. Oh, sh-
0: go ahead. <laughs> we'll hear your argument.
1: May please the court. My name is Rachel Steenholt and I represent Mr. Waters. We are asking this court to vacate Mr. Waters' convictions and remand for further proceedings. Starting with count one, the parties agree the jury instruction for this count was erroneous. The jury instruction was erroneous because it included a hybrid of two different definitions, sexual act and sexual contact. The statute required a sexual act, which is defined as the intentional touching, not through the clothing, of the genitalia of another person who has not attained the age of 16 years with an intent to abuse, humiliate, harass, degrade, or arouse, or gratify the sexual desire of any person. But the jury instruction defined sexual act as the intentional touching, not through the clothing, of the genitalia, groin, inner thigh, or buttocks of CW with the same level of intent. So the jury instruction allowed the touching of the thigh, buttocks, and groin in addition to the genitalia. CW's testimony contributed to that problem. CW used the term middle to refer to her body but the term middle is never defined to exclude the overbroad terms.
0: But it was what? defined, wasn't it, to include specifically the genitalia? I'm sorry? It was defined at one, in the trial to specifically include That's correct. genitalia. So why is there a reasonable probability that the jury would have convicted on some part of the body that wasn't ever discussed in the trial?
1: Well, um, I think the important part here is that what the information that we have is that middle is never clearly defined to exclude this. It doesn't state specifically genitalia. We have C.W., she circles Exhibit 14. So the circle that she drew on Exhibit 14, that is a picture of a naked child. Um, That is the only direct evidence where C.W., where she tells us in her own words how she defines a middle. So you'll see on that drawing that um, two of the overbroad regions included in the incorrect term that was utilized um, are included in that drawing. You can see the inner thigh is included there, and you can see that the groin is. And then we have Dr. Hamilton's testimony, which doesn't clear up this overbreath problem. So Dr. Hamilton testified that CW's definition of middle did include genitalia. Um, But importantly, there is nothing in the record to show that CW's use of the term middle exclusively refers to the genitalia. In fact, we actually have testimony from Dr. Hamilton that, in her experience, somebody often uses the term middle um, to discuss that general region or area of their body. And so because it is reasonably probable that the verdict would have been different had the jury instruction accurately reflected the elements of the offense
0: reversal is it reasonably probable, I guess? It's reasonably probable. I think the jury might have said he didn't touch the genitalia, but he touched the inner thigh?
1: Inner thigh and groin.
0: What? Why is that a? A reasonably probable a reasonably finding? probable occurrence, given sure. the whole record in the case.
1: Yeah, um, it's reasonably probable there are two other convictions that he gets convicted of and so those could be actions that lead to those other acts um, intercourse and oral oral intercourse so say that again
0: what's your point there
1: my point the is that my point is that um, that you know Touching the groin or the inner thigh could be relevant in terms of, like, an attempt towards these other um, counts of conviction, the intercourse, the oral sex.
0: He was convicted of those two things.
1: Correct. Yep. Both those of
0: which are. involve genitalia, though.
1: Yep, they do. But what's specific to count one is that we have this touching where it is not clear that it specifically could have been genitalia. And, and that is the government's burden to prove. They could have asked pretty easily, you know, a few specific follow-up questions of exactly where the child was touched. You do see that on the intercourse <coughs> conviction where they say, you know, they get into um, more um, detail on that. So the
2: CW used no other descriptive words than middle? Correct. Correct.
3: What about the way she says the middle was used without being too graphic? She talks about how the middle was used, his middle and hers, up and down. Go ahead.
1: Yes. So it doesn't wit- that
0: imply, in other words, that middle means genitalia?
1: On the other counts, she does discuss his gen- or his middle and her middle, and um, but to the the, the specific transcript. Um, portions of the, the sexual contact. There is discussion of, you know, hand movements and um, stuff that is just really frustrates the appellate record. And um, and again, that could have been cleared up with more specific question of it. But I don't think that we still have this over broad term of of how middle is as applied to all three of the counts. But there is more specification when discussed those other counts, um, some of these more graphic details, that spells those out. Turning to the evidentiary issue.
3: Is evidence, is Exhibit 14 available? It is. Okay. Is it in the, I know it's in the trial record. It's not in the appellate record in any form now, right?
1: Um, correct.
3: And does it show markings on it? It they does. Are circling? Are there markings?
1: Yep. But, yep, it does.
3: Okay, good. Is there more than one circle? There Pardon. isn't. Okay, I couldn't tell nope. quite from the breeze. Yep. Proceed.
1: So, turning to the evidentiary issue, the district court abuses discretion by allowing the jury to hear that C.W. touched another child because Garrett Waters touched her. Uh, because this evidence was substantially more prejudicial than probative, the, um, it was inadmissible under Rule 403 and reversal is required. Is,
2: is your – can I help um narrow – get a narrowing of your argument? Is Are you saying that the jury shouldn't have heard any of it, or is it simply that it shouldn't have been heard or the jury shouldn't have heard it from the adults? To clarify, it is that the jury shouldn't have heard any of it. Because as, as I understood at trial, there was no objection to C.W. talking about it from defense, but there was an objection – with a fairly extensive conversation about the admissibility of the testimony from the adults.
1: Is that accurate? It isn't. I, I do want to clarify that point because it's, it's important. So defense counsel does object to the uh, CW talking about this at all. Actually, that does start as early as doc 32, I believe it is. There's reference of we don't want CW to discuss this incident at all. Um, but I, then maybe
2: says, oh, well, if C.W. gets into it, then, okay, that's okay.
1: Yeah. Does that undo the objection? It doesn't um, to that point. So I think you're referencing a specific line that the government points out in the briefing. And, um, you know, it, it, if you look at that contextually in that part of um, the back and forth, and these issues are back and forth um, pretty extensively In context, you can see that defense counsel says this should not be included. It imputes this improper behavior on C.W.'s behalf onto Garrett Waters. Um, Both parties agree that abuse of discretion applies. That's in the briefing. And then um, over defense counsel's objection, that's when the district court makes that definitive ruling. And um, based on the 401-403 interplay. So... So it the district court specifically the finding that it makes is that the, um, this testimony from CW should be permitted for two reasons. so first it's that CW is allowed to explain what happened between her and mr. Waters and then second it's to explain how this matter um, got reported. so neither of these reasons should have kept the court from excluding this testimony under rule 403's balancing test. CW doesn't need this other incident with her um, with this other child, to explain what Mr. Waters did to her. Uh, CW did explain what she alleged happened between her and Mr. Waters, and that is found on transcript pages 102 to 109. Explaining what she did to another child when Mr. Waters was not even present was really of no relevance. Instead, what it does is it imputes CW's inappropriate behavior onto Mr. Waters. And to the extent that that is relevant, when balanced under Rule 403, The limited relevancy of this information um, does three things. It confuses the jury. Uh, Even the district court asks, what is the jury supposed to do with this information? Uh, And the government's pretty clear. CW touched this child, so that means Mr. Waters must have touched CW. That's what they're supposed to do with this information. But that misleads the jury because it allows them to convict based on this conduct with this other child with Mr. Waters not even present. Um, So it allows them to convict based on conduct that's really outside of the offenses that are charged. Is it it different, though,
2: coming from CW as part of her story of what happened and what she says uh, Mr. Waters did to her? Isn't that different than it coming out from an adult who then the inferences are supposed to be, well, because she did this to the little two-year-old then it must have been that the defendant did it to her. Those seem to be two different
1: sort of types of evidence. And tell me if I'm wrong. I think you're right. That goes to this relevancy question, um, I believe, uh, because CW is ex- explaining uh, in her mind what happened to her and what she did and why she did it. I do want to make an important point. It's, she, she explains that Garrett taught her this, not that he did this to her in the transcript pages. There is that. Um, but also, you know, really, uh, there's three charges here. Um, what matters most is is only two people were there between um, you know is Garrett and CW the she was given the opportunity to explain what did he specifically do to you i think this whole issue with this other child just really brings us down this this other route that under 403's bouncing test I, I just don't think it passes the muster
3: all right. All
1: right. Uh, I think I will reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal.
0: Thank you for your argument.
3: Mr. Colliner, we'll hear from you. Thank you. May it please the court, my friend and colleague, Ms. Steenholt. I'm Kevin Colliner for the U.S. Attorney's Office, uh, here presenting for the government. Uh, I'll turn to this jury instruction issue first. Um both sides have talked about USB fast horse. Um, of course that was, as the court knows well, uh that was a case that came down after the Brugier opinion and we had uh some for lack of a better word, cases in the hopper uh for which uh, juries had uh decided convictions based upon an incorrect jury instruction and uh, of course the government then had to come up here On appeal and try to defend those convictions. Where in in that case, you know, nobody thought that jury instruction was anything but the pre brugier instruction. This is the the same issue, but opposite. Um, Here, it's clear from the record that nobody thought the jury instruction was incorrect. Uh, Not raised below. There's no argument about the jury instruction, no, no one was arguing anything. Counsel, that just makes it plain error. Get to a real argument. Okay. Well, uh, in order to overcome that, they have to show uh, okay. something in the record uh, that would make the court question whether the jury would have decided differently, right? And what do they point to? They point to one thing in the record, and that's the argument on the judgment of acquittal, right? Not an argument in front of the jury, uh nothing in the closing uh by the defense counsel nothing in cross examination and by the way even that argument in the judgment of acquittal was an argument that uh assumed that the correct element was genitalia um, so there really is nothing in this record uh that would that could convince this court that a jury if properly uh instructed would have done anything but what it did i also want to talk about you know, whether the instruction is in and it of itself plainly erroneous. Um, there's a, a difference in this from a lot of the other cases where you have a, an, an element that's just entirely omitted. Here's one that's... I thought your brief said it was wrong. Error. Well, it's incorrect, certainly. It's the sexual kind. Go ahead, make your point. The, my, the point I'm trying to make is, does it meet the plain error standard? Was it plainly clear and obvious error? And you know, uh, Judge Colleton, in your dissent in Fast Horse, uh, you talked about uh, whether or not uh, a, a jury instruction left room for a jury to decide correctly. You said that's not the stuff of plain air. Here certainly, a jury could have looked at that incorrect definition and said, well, genitalia is there, and they talked about genitalia. Uh, certainly uh, the jury could have decided correctly but for the surplusage of the additional um, means. whether there was prejudice. Though. That goes to where there's prejudice. Yeah. Um, it, the other part of your dissent in Fast Source you talked about when an instruction is ambiguous and open to, un, to an unconstitutional interpretation, we reverse only if the ambiguity is sure to have this. Prejudicial effect.
2: What were the other three body? I think there were three groin, th- inner thigh, and buttocks. Were those words ever? I didn't do a control, whatever, to search the transcript. Were those words ever uttered? Okay.
3: I don't. I, I didn't either. Um, I, I was looking for them as I read through the record here. I didn't uh, see any other than that one little argument uh, in the acquittal motion to the court. Um, so, you know.
0: So how does this happen?
3: Uh, human error. Uh, I think that's.
0: The government proposed the instruction.
3: I don't believe so, but I'm not positive, so I don't want to say that uh, necessarily. The, the instructions were settled before uh, the trial began in this case and read to the jury. I think
0: the judge proposed. Uh, I don't know if this
3: was a, okay. a, a court-proposed instruction or not. Um, I. I yeah, I, I guess I shouldn't say I, I don't believe so without knowing, so I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, it was, I thought you
0: might have checked since it's a major well, issue in the case, but go ahead. I, I read through the pre-trial
3: uh, conference transcript. and um, It
0: also might prevent it from happening again if somebody certainly. dug to the bottom of it and see how this happened. Yeah,
3: certainly. Uh, the, the other part of that instruction is that particular instruction also recited the charging language in the indictment. Uh, the indictment itself only charged uh, the term genitalia, not those other terms. So I think it's important, right, because we're looking as whether Why as a whole. did the jury get the indictment? Uh, the language of the indicted count was in the instruction. It, it talked about how it's addendum page 8 uh, here.
0: In a separate place in the instruction?
3: It, the first part of the instruction was about how uh the the uh jury uh, the indictment what the indictment read and then it listed the elements
0: so you're saying addendum page 8 oh i see where it says count 1 aggravated sexual abuse right i see yeah there it lists intentional touching of the genitalia exactly and then down below, it adds the other things.
3: But. Right. So in other words, the jury is being told this is what the government is charging, hmm. and here's an ele- here's here's the element. It lists genitalia. It also that's why I call it surplusage, right? Because uh, uh, maybe that's not the right term for this, probably but, not. But I understand. <laughs> but my point is, is it's not as <laughs> it's not as though uh, the jury was being told, hey, you can choose any of these things. Uh, Talk about the harmless, prejudice, abundant evidence sort of point about how good or bad the victim's testimony. Sure. Uh, You know, this court has dealt with this question of sort of imprecise anatomical terms from child victims of sex abuse cases many, many times. Uh, This case is directly in line with the cases in which those convictions have been affirmed. I mean, even the, the term middle uh, that's a term that, you know, you see across this court's jurisprudence on this question. She was consistent throughout uh, uh, her testimony and throughout the way others, like the doctor, described how she described genitalia. She called it her middle. Um, and there's this an- anatomical uh, drawing, uh, Judge Benton, uh, it's Exhibit 14, if it's not. By the way, I saw it. Go okay. ahead. Thanks, to the presiding uh, judge. Go ahead. One thing I'd point out about that is it's not a case where that circle on that drawing is is large. Um, it's a, a, a fairly small circle. Um, the all of the I mean the 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 question about what had happened between her and the other child. Uh, the term used there was middle. Um, uh, Judge Benton, you mentioned the um, you know the the kind of Perhaps more anatomically specific evidence with respect to the later counts. Um, there, there was a discussion of, you know, uh, we had to prove penetration, right, for one of the, the counts, and so there was a discussion of you know, where did his middle go uh, between that line. Um, in my, you know, so uh, we also, of course, have the the stuff that a jury can uh, make reasonable inferences from. On that other count, I don't want to go into graphic detail, but there's a graphic detail, uh, that could really only mean to a reasonable juror, uh, that there'd been a, a sexual encounter, um, uh, w- with this child involving a condom. Um, so, you know, uh, There was, uh, you know, I think the consistency of the use of that term, the anatomical drawing, the kind of corroboration that that term was what this child used when uh, when the medical examiner did the exam and talked specifically about genitalia, I think that all adds up to uh, the stuff that reasonable inferences can certainly be made. Um, I mean, I would, in terms of cases on the topic, uh, White bull is almost directly on point. Uh, again, 646F, third, 1082. Um, there, there was this question of, well, that anatomical drawing in the circle, could that also mean the groin? Uh, there the court said that's a meritless argument because uh, we're in the realm of sufficiency where we're talking about reasonable inferences that can be uh, drawn. I'll talk about the evidentiary issue that's been raised. Uh, Judge Kelly, uh, you asked the question of, doesn't this make it uh, kind of different in that, uh, first of all, it's coming from the child, but there's uh, sort of, it's not just that this uh, that that it happened, but it's that she identified the defendant in her statement, and I mean that's that's how the investigation began. Um, but
2: you, you had that information from um, law enforcement, correct? Because I think that the district court was pretty careful in making sure that the reasons for introducing that piece of evidence were taken care of. So that was already with an with an officer. That's,
3: that's there, correct. That's right. right. Uh, that's correct. Uh, so the law enforcement officer, the investigator testified before CW testified. Um, and No objection on the agents, right? No objection on, on the, the agents. Um, before uh, uh, C.W. testified and said, you know, there was sexualized behavior between children without specifying, certainly without saying that the defendant was identified in that, then C.W. testified, was allowed under the court's ruling to answer those questions. Um, and then the, the later questioning of adults, True, uh, the adults were not allowed under the court's ruling to testify that directly. Yeah,
2: was that was that a violation of the district court's order? Because the district court was pretty clear yeah. and, and pretty thorough with the counsel in talking through this, and I thought that the ruling was pretty clear. The yeah. adults are not going to get to talk about this, and then there were pretty direct questions from government counsel. Certainly,
3: at least to court. one witness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was after. Uh, CW had testified to all that, and uh, so in a, in a sense, I'm not answering your question directly. I know that. Um, was it a direct violation of the court's order? Well, at that point, there was no objection to it. Um, you know, of course, at trial, sometimes things kind of go that way, that something that was hotly contested in the beginning is not hotly contested after it's out of the bag. Um, and uh, i th- I think the prosecutor's understanding is you can't call these adults and have this come in through them and then call the the child witness but um, certainly it, it it was not what the court intended when those questions were asked. no objection to it uh, on appeal uh, they agree that it's a plain uh, error review on that um, but uh, it certainly is cumulative at that point so um, and and harmless nonetheless in the sense that well, it's cumulative. So, um, unless there are further questions from the court, I uh, maybe
0: you can find out how this happened with the instructions, so it doesn't recur. We don't want to have the problem recur. Yeah. Thank you for the argument.
3: Thank you, yours. Uh
0: We'll hear rebuttal, Ms. Dino.
1: want to start first with uh, Judge Kelly's question about doing this controlled bind for inner thigh or or groin. No, that's not present in the transcripts. But I think we should look at um, the drawing, uh, Exhibit 14. There's that visual depiction where that introduces that this could be a possibility. And so um, just because it wasn't specifically Uh, a stated inner thigh or groin. We do have this window that gets opened through the drawing, and that's never clarified. Um, Also, there was this discussion about the jury instruction. Excuse me. The the actual jury instruction also includes that language from the indictment of genitalia. And to that point, um, the jury instruction tells them what they have to convict based off of inner thigh and groin were included in that part of the instruction that tells the jury this is what you have to convict based off.
0: So, But, But isn't the point that a common sense jury reading the whole instruction might be less likely to rely on those other parts of the body when the opening paragraph says the charge is that he touched the genitalia and the whole trial was about genitalia?
1: Well, we dispute that the whole trial was necessarily about well,
0: it. The whole trial it. talked about genitalia and never mentioned any of these other body parts. Sure. I think sure. we've established sure, sure, that. Sure. Yeah.
1: Yes, but to the question about the jury instruction, you know, the jury being able to
0: deduce. Well, since it's your burden to show they probably would have relied on the other body parts, I'm just wondering if the fact that the first paragraph.
1: I don't think that that changes the needle. I don't think that that moves the needle. doesn't
0: move the needle at all. No.
1: No, because I the jury instruction, again, the part that the jury pays close attention to is what am I supposed to do? I'm a jury member. What am I supposed to find? This element, this element, this element, this element. That included, one of the elements included groin and inner thigh. That was circled in Exhibit 14, and so I think that that leads them to that result. And that was everything that I was planning on covering. So if there's anything, um, I have some time left. If there's anything that...
0: um, You're not required to use all of your time. So we appreciate your argument. Thank you very much to both counsel. The case is submitted and the court will file a decision in due course. That concludes the argument session for the day and for the week. The court will be in recess until further call of the docket.